Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Today's interview is with artist and creative Marsha Furman. Although Marsha originally trained in graphic design, her passion is for creating art. She sells her art through her Etsy shop and in person at crafts markets. She also shares her creative life and art tutorials through her YouTube channel, Art by Marsha Furman. We hope you enjoyed the interview. Okay, so Marsha, first of all, we'd love to know how your creative journey began. Did you come from a creative background? I guess I did. Um, my family was kind of creative. Like my mom and my grandma, they painted, you know, just dabbled, just like their hobby. So I was kind of brought up with, you know, being encouraged to paint and draw. So did they actually teach you to paint and draw? Or? Um, my mom, no, I guess not. I, I, that's a hard question for some reason. Like, I can't remember her paint, uh, teaching me how, but I just remember it was available to me. Yeah. So I, you know, I was always able to just try it out and do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you go the traditional route and go to art college? I went to graphic design school at Pittsburgh Technical Institute, which had a lot of art in it too. Um, back then it was only a year and a half program and I feel like it helped me a lot. But I didn't technically use my graphic design anymore, but I'm still <laughs> glad I went to it. Did you sort of study art as well then? Did they have art classes as well as the actual graphic design? Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of um, just like painting. There was painting and the pen and ink stuff um, along with computer. Of course, that was so long ago <laughs> at this point. So it was like right before Internet really exploded, I guess. So. Yeah, I learned a lot more of the uh, four-color process that isn't used anymore. Yeah, did you have, we had drawing boards, I don't know about you, no computers. Yeah. (laughs) So did you get a job involving graphic design then when you first left college? I tried. Um, I, I worked at a printery where I did proofreading, and the reason I took that job was because the, the boss, promised that I would be able to possibly move up to typesetting someday. So I went with it, even though I'm the world's worst speller of all time. And <laughs> I, I did that for quite some time. And in the process, realized that 40-hour work week, you know, out in the world was not really for me. So gradually, I moved away from that. How did you get good at proofreading? If I didn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I really just eked by for a long time. And then finally, honestly, I didn't get fired from it. I still worked there, but they were like, let's move you to something else. So I got moved to sending proofs to the uh, companies. So I had to like make dummy copies of the business forms, like multi-part checks and stuff. So, <laughs> so that's how I did probably more years there than with that than I did with proofreading and I enjoyed it a lot more that's 
So what were some of the earliest art-related business you had? Well, at first I did, I, I guess I should explain that right after I graduated, I didn't do a lot of painting for several years. I don't know why. I must have just got burnt out or something. So I did something called buttongirl.net, and that was a one-inch button-making business, like little badges. And that was fun. I mean, I, I did some design with it, but it was mostly just people ordering for their bands or whatever. Um, and then after that, I did painting on slates. <laughs> I, my house had sl a slate roof, so we had a stack in the basement, and everybody kept asking me to paint you know, like their house number with some flowers and cheesy things like that. So I did that for a while. So was that all pre-internet? Well, it wasn't pre-internet, but there wasn't, that was before Facebook and, you know, real social media. Yeah. Yeah. Like the button girl, I just did a website and it was just word of mouth and people searching, I guess, is how I got my name out there. I don't know. It's a, it's foreign now. <laughs> We're, we're all um, letting everyone know our age, aren't we? Pre-internet. <laughs> so um, you've got very distinctive um, painting styles, uh, two two painting styles. So can you tell us about both of those styles and how you develop them? Okay. Um, uh, originally, I did a lot of surrealist type paintings, and I didn't even really know what it was called at first. It was just stuff that I got from my imagination. Like I have these tree ladies that I paint a lot and they're just, just different things that don't really exist. So, and that was a lot of kind of an emotional outlet and things like that. Um, and then I also do a lot of sketch journaling, which is more realistic, I guess. Um, things I see, nature, urban sketching type stuff. So the surrealist stuff, these tree ladies, can you remember where that came from? I think it was just the fact that I, I love trees and the, the way that they're each so individual. And you really can't mess them up when you're painting them because they're so individual. You know, they grow any way they want. And I thought, well, that's just kind of the way that people are. They're no two are alike. And it just kind of morphed into this this thing and I went with it what's your process then so you you find an idea and you, you know how do you go from that to creating a finished piece well I always sketch it out in my sketchbook and sometimes it'll sit there in my sketchbook for years like literally years and I won't do anything with it um and sometimes I'll do the paintings directly from what I did or I'll work with it a little more and I then I just think about the colors that I'm going to use, try to use a lot of uh, complementary colors. And I don't do a ton of planning other than that, though. <laughs> so you said they can stay in that sketchbook for a while. Yeah. Is that because you just don't feel like painting at the time? Or are you waiting for another idea that comes along that you can kind of combine with it? Um, it's mostly just because I either don't have time or, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I, sometimes I have so many in the sketchbooks that I don't have time to do them all. So it'll just kind of wait until I feel the urge. And I guess as well, if they're in a sketchbook, sometimes you might not see them for a few yeah. years and then you'll kind of look back and think, oh, actually, that's just sparked an idea. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes I'll look through, the, like whenever I need an idea, I'll look through them and mm. pick a bunch out and 
decide which one to try. I guess that's where um, sketching is just so valuable, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it really is. And those sketches, will they be in colour? No, not those ones. It's, it's weird because I really have, like you said, of like two different styles and processes, I guess. And the, the surrealist ones, they're usually just pencil sketches in my sketchbook. It's a different sketchbook than my sketch journaling sketchbook. Yeah, those, those are usually black and white. So I've got two very different heads when I do my artwork. Obviously, I, I'm a painter and I kind of lean on the side of realism. Yeah. But I also love sketching in my sketchbook. And it feels so different to do one from the other it's it's two totally different heads so is that how you feel when you're doing you know your sketches and then you've got your finished pieces do you feel different when you're doing them yeah I definitely do sometimes if I have a creative block it's usually in the the surrealist side of myself because mm. the other one is so much more laid back and you know you just paint what you see there's always something in front of you that you can see the sketch so yeah. And I suppose there's not that fear, is there, either of it, it going wrong yeah. so much? Whereas when you're, you're going for a finished piece, you kind of got this vision, haven't you, of I want it to look like this. Yeah. And there's that sort of side of you that needs it to go right. Whereas in a sketchbook, it really doesn't matter. You can cover it up. Yeah, definitely. Story. And I don't, I'm not going to show anyone if I don't want to. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, I was going to ask, how did you learn to paint with oils and acrylics? Did you take courses for doing that? Just, you know... In high school, whenever they had art classes, I would take them. But overall, I think it was mostly from playing around. Oils, I didn't start on until I was much older. But acrylics, I just kind of messed around with whenever I was a kid. Do you have a preference? I, I think acrylics, believe it or not. it's. I've recently started to do them both at the same time. I know that sounds weird, but I'll do my background with acrylics because it's the only way I can get the effect that I want and then the subject I'll use oils just because it can blend longer well, you'll, you'll you'll do an underpainting in acrylic you mean yes. and then go over with oils yeah yeah, yeah. cuz you you couldn't do it the other way around yeah no way <laughs> <laughs> no i think a lot of artists actually do okay. that recent recently i've um come across a few realism painters that do exactly that they'll go in with acrylics first and then work over with oils and the beauty of acrylics of course they dry so quickly don't yeah, they yeah i love that I honestly love that. But it does make it harder to blend, doesn't it? So the oils yeah. over the top is a good way of having that effect, you know, yeah. afterwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, 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 they both have their goods and bad things. I, I've, yeah. I love to do a lot of very thin layers with my paintings, especially on the background. Yeah. So that's why I stick with the acrylics. But you're a clean journaler, as you mentioned before. Yeah. And what sort of subjects do you enjoy painting in your journals and, and what inspires you to do those I absolutely love to travel so every time my husband and I go on a trip I try to sketch something while I'm there so it's I, I was brought up with a lot of pictures being taken everywhere I went my dad was always taking pictures so this is kind of like an expansion of that it just helps you remember it and get to know the you know the subject or the the building or you know the landscape and you will never forget it and I don't know it's just it's it's such a great feeling whenever you're there and you see the finished product you will never forget and you you do things like stick your um bus passes in there and your train tickets don't you yeah I love which makes it it's almost like a scrapbook slash journal isn't it yeah definitely I (laughs) 
or else I would lose those things. (laughs) And I think it's always much nicer, isn't it, to have something like that to look back on rather than a photo album. Yeah. I I love to take pictures still, but this one, uh, the sketch journal was just way more special to me. Have you got a favorite kind of um, journal to draw in? I like, right now, I'm loving the Hannah Mule watercolor sketchbook. I think that's how you say it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've gone through different phases where I would prefer spiral bound over, you know, the regular bound ones. But right now I like to open it and be able to sketch the whole way across. Do you have lots going on at the same time or do you always work with one and then finish it and then go on to a new one? Because I know, Tara, you you have several sketchbooks on the go at once, don't you? In you'll sort of be randomly going. I'm completely different. I have to finish one before I start a new one. I usually do finish one before I start another. I usually, unless I'm out and about and I don't have time to finish it, I'll have to wait until another time. Mm. And, but I try not to do that. But I do have several sketchbooks going. Like I have my backyard critter log (laughs) that I do and my travel sketch journal yeah. yeah. So tell us about your critter journal. Uh, yeah, I just recently started to get it, getting into birds and feeding the birds after I we moved here to Virginia, and we have a nice little backyard. It's not that big, but we have a couple big trees, and I noticed there was a lot of different kinds of birds. So that's another excuse to get out and practice and draw. So every time I saw a new one, I would record it. You know, just try to get a picture and then I would draw from my picture and you know sometimes I write some facts about the bird and the date and not necessarily all birds too we've had deer and you know squirrels and bugs butterflies stuff like that so you drawing these directly from life because I can imagine that's quite tricky if you're trying to catch a bird uh, no I I have done that but I usually try to snap a picture with my camera first yeah. And then I'll use that later. And I noticed you've been joining an Urban Sketchers group as yeah. well. Can you tell us about that? Um, there are a couple different sketching groups there in Washington, D.C. I live really close to D.C. And there's the Urban Sketchers and then there's just a, one on Meetup and they kind of rotate every other week. So I've been, even though I get nervous in public sometimes, I've been... <laughs> I've been trying to do those as much as possible, and I I love it because it's it's very inspiring to see other people's artwork and just feed off of each other. So do you feel nervous when you're actually sketching, when you're there sketching with them? Because you don't have to talk much then, do you? No, I usually feel fine (laughs) once I'm there and settled in. (laughs) Do you ever get comparative? comparisonitis though in a sketch group because I know that's an issue that a lot of um, people do have when they're going on something like that sometimes it's it's not too bad because I just there's such a wide range of uh people there that are just beginning and some really professionals so I don't know I always just feel like I'm kind of in there and that's the way it is you were saying if you ever got a block it was generally from the surrealist type stuff you were doing is that the more commercial side of your work yeah, but I think the reason it happens is because it's more emotional. Right. Like if I am not feeling, I don't know, sad or happy, you know, I'm just kind of, because you know, those are mostly always inspired by some sort of emotion or memory or just something inside. 
So I've gone through times where I just don't, don't have any ideas going on there. So what's that? You've done a cloud one recently. I saw a cloud with light tears. Yeah. What's that one about? That that one was just that was originally a sketch from years ago, and there's not a lot of meaning behind that one. It's just there's little leaves that are shaped as hearts, and they're hanging down. It's just just kind of a happy happy a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I think I saw that one earlier today, actually. That was that was worked up from a sketch, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. years years ago, I found that one mm. in my sketchbook. And I've got that back in 2005, 2006. Now, you have to correct me if I've got the dates wrong. You decided to take your art more seriously and became a professional yeah. artist. Yeah. And you set up an Etsy shop. So how did that go and what sort of things did you sell? Um, at first... I set that up in 2006, and mostly what I had was just a couple prints that I had made by getting pictures developed, like in the store. Like I got them developed as an eight by ten, and I had a pack of postcards. And you know that was pretty slow going because that was whew, whenever you first have an Etsy shop, there's only if you only have a couple of things in it, it's hard for people to discover you. Yeah, so. But gradually through the years, I learned how to do more items. Was that quite early for Etsy? I don't know when Etsy started. Were you in there at the beginning? I don't know when it started either, but it was very early because there's definitely been a lot of changes in Etsy through the years that people haven't liked. And I remember those were before crazy algorithms and stuff Mm, like that. Yeah. The thing with Etsy is it's just so huge, it's so dilute, it's very easy to get lost amongst so much stuff. So do you have any tips for people wanting to do the same and how they can get seen on Etsy? I would say definitely have to be patient and you have to get a lot of items to with keywords that they can search for because the more items you have, the easier it is for someone to discover you. And even then, it's, sometimes it's frustrating. I, I love I love Etsy, but it seems like as the years go on, it's just more and more saturated, and it, it it's it's a rough market sometimes. So just patience, keep trying. <laughs> and it's hard, isn't it, when you're sort of an artist doing this kind of thing? You're the one that has to obviously make the product. Mm-hmm. You've also got to market the product. You've also got to list it. And you've also got to pack it and post it. So there's a lot of work, isn't there, that goes behind the scenes. And I must admit, that's one of the things I I like the least is having to actually post something. Yeah. (laughs) I remember whenever I first set it up, it was so confusing just trying to figure out how to take the pictures of your stuff and, you know, and get the listing made. But now, since I have so many, it's gotten pretty easy. So you just kind of have to get over that initial no, the heart and it's a lovely feeling isn't it when somebody yeah. buys something that yeah you've created. It's, i do it's... love it well i saw yeah. you making those um pouches is it pouches yeah. you now that is quite an undertaking isn't it it is that is probably the hardest thing that i make <laughs> um because you have i get uh the fabric made through spoonflower.com and you can get anything you want printed on fabric so i have to set up this file that has all these pouches on it, you know, just little rectangles and get that printed. And then I cut them and I cut the liner and I sew everything. 
and I've got a real nice assembly line, not assembly line, but you know, a little system going. It's just you on the assembly line, I take yeah, it. Yeah, just me. <laughs> just me. Quite the small assembly line then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> small but perfectly formed. <laughs> so you also sell your work in person at art fairs. Now, you yes. saying you're a real introvert. I thought that would be yes. quite hard. It, at first, it was really hard. And you can ask my husband. I still do get nervous, like, about the day before I start to dread <laughs> but once I get there and I'm behind the table, I feel fine. It, it's really funny, though, because he'll be, I'll be like, go ahead and walk around, you know, shop the other shop around. And I'm 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 horrible at that. I do not like to shop at the other ones. Not that I don't want to shop and look at their wonderful items. I'm just too nervous. I just would rather sit behind and talk to the people that come up. Don't, don't you I must like- admit I'd be the same. I'd be exactly the same. Don't you hate it, though? I'm, I'm guessing people are pretty kind, but I would feel really open to criticism. Yeah, and there has been some people saying some comments that I don't. I think they mean well, but, you know, they'll be like, oh, look at this. You know, I should become an artist, too, or something, you know. You know. Well, there's always one. There's always, <laughs> yeah, every once in a while there's someone, or they'll be, they won't think the price is good and i'm like do you ask walmart to change your their prices (laughs) (laughs) so and it's interesting you would oh go on sorry i was just going to ask what is involved in actually doing the whole fair thing you know what prep do you have to do and how do you go about it yeah depending on what show it is i'll start months in advance or sometimes you know right now i have a, a lot of my stock already made so it's not quite so bad. I just have to replenish everything. I know what my setup is like. I have my table and my displays. So that that is the hardest thing when you're first starting out is figuring out how to set everything up and have everything you need. Like sometimes you need a tent or two tables and chairs, the display. You have to provide your own, do you? Tables and chairs and stuff? Yes. Well, huh? not every time. It just depends. But I have it all just in case. <laughs> Sometimes they even provide the tent, sometimes you don't, and that's a big problem because we have a small vehicle and it's really hard to fit everything in, but we manage it. <laughs> so we were talking earlier about being open to criticism, yeah. and I don't think there's anywhere that you're more open to it than on YouTube, and they say um, it's one of the meanest places on the planet. <laughs> I <laughs> it's agree. YouTube. <laughs> now, I, I just want to know, because you... You have a YouTube channel, which I love, and you share not only tips on painting and journaling, um, you share vlogs, you also share a lot of your personal feelings and what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. And I think I like that. Um, First of all, I wanted to know what inspired you to create the YouTube um, channel in the first place, but also... You know, how do you cope with, do you get, I haven't sort of seen whether you've got any mm-hmm. criticism from it, but do you get it and how do you deal with that? Well, that I, was a long yeah, question. question. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I started out doing that mostly because like encouragement from other people. They said this would be a really great idea, something that might be able to get your work out there more. And also my son who... He, he is a 
videographer is that the word yeah he and he has a youtube channel and a podcast and so he's really savvy on that so i knew that i could get some help there so yeah i just i just decided that i was going to do something called creative tip tuesday i haven't really continued with that but every week i just wanted to do a little tip it was kind of nerve-wracking but i just thought it would be good for me to go out of my comfort zone and try something new and do you like it now do you enjoy making those videos and I do enjoy it but at the same time I've recently been struggling a little bit because it takes up a lot of time especially the editing and sometimes I feel like it takes away from the real art so I've been I've decided to try to just do one a month maybe one video a month on my YouTube and one on my Patreon so and only work on those one day a week so I can still paint. <laughs> I did hear you say, actually, that it feels like someone's looking over your shoulder. I think me and Sandra have felt like that as well. It really does, yeah. especially, like, when I'm painting on my easel. I just feel like I, I, I don't know, I can't do anything else. I can't take a break, you know, which is kind of good because it forces you to go on, but... Tara and I can certainly relate to how long it takes to uh, edit videos and and we've had this conversation before where because you know being in front of a video is one thing but drawing in front of video is is something else altogether and and I always find that I flow quite easily in my sketchbook when I'm not on video but the second I press record I feel like I, I suddenly go static it's really odd yeah and it's something I'm only just starting to get more used to now (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely difficult. I, yeah. I have to step back and think, okay, now I need to think about how I would do this if no one is watching me and just mm. try to force that out of my mind. You get a lot of people on these YouTube channels that talk and paint at the same time. That's something I don't think I could do. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that. I do voiceover. <laughs> yeah. You're really yeah, good that's at too many things going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you are really good at those. Oh, yeah. thanks. <laughs> So uh, going back to the criticism, how do you deal with it when um, you get it? Or do, have you been lucky? I haven't really had that much. I have people here and there like, mm, maybe you should do this or that. But I, that's not really criticism, criticism no. I guess. One time I got a really, really mean comment, but I think it was just one of those people that go around and troll people. Yeah. Because it, it it was very strange. I don't <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, um, when I first thought about getting my own YouTube channel, which I don't have anymore, we just have a kick in the creatives one. But um, I remember going on and looking at other people's videos and thinking, oh, my God, the comments yeah, are, are terrible. How, I don't think I can cope with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is with YouTube. I, no. People just say whatever they want. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, we had one bad one actually because I remember deleting it, and it was it, was, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but it was basically um, we'd done one about imitation how, and in, go and get an inspiration, and he'd and he'd put something like basically that's the worst advice ever, and you know something like that. Wow. And I'm thinking, oh god, he's having to go for that, but we know we can put tights on our head, we can wear a stupid mask, and no one says anything. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, what were the best ways you found to actually promote your art? For me personally, it is between social media and doing the art fairs. Honestly, because the art fairs, you know, the craft 
indie craft fairs. It's a matter of going to the, the same ones year to year and just kind of building up a following that has really helped me. So moving to this new area, it's been a, been a challenge. I have to pay my dues. <laughs> so how many of those do you do a year then, the art fairs? It just depends what I see. I, you know, if something comes up and I'm available, maybe five or six. One year I did every single one that I found. And that was, I got really burnt out. And and another problem is I can't really do them myself. I have to have my husband with me, especially for the big lifting. He's my, he's my strong guy that helps me move the tent and (laughs) stuff like that. So he's stuck with me. I was just going to ask social media. Do you, is that mostly Instagram? Mostly Instagram and Facebook. That's what I mostly use. Um, And as an introvert, (laughs) I... I think the birth of social media is, is the best thing ever. It's helped me so much. I don't think I would have done half of the things that I've been able to do if I had to do it in real life, <laughs> face-to-face, <laughs> I mean. No, I hear you. Yeah. So how do you go about balancing creating what you love um, and creating what you are intending to sell? That is very tough question that I struggle with all the time because whenever whenever I'm going through a phase where I do a lot of commissions I do find myself getting feeling kind of down and you know I just need to stop and do my own thing so whenever that happens I have to schedule it out so that I am working on someone else's painting and then a couple days working on stuff for myself that way I just feel I have that creative outlet, the real creative outlet that comes within, if that makes sense. Yeah. So are you generally like painting or drawing every day, would you say? For the most part. I really am. That's one of my goals for this year. It's pretty much my goal every year is to try to do something creatively every day. Right now, I'm I am trying to schedule out my time better. So I I'm definitely painting Wednesday through Friday and Tuesdays I'm trying to do videos. So on that day, I may not draw or paint, but I really should. (laughs) (laughs) It's still creative though, the video anyway, isn't it? That's true. That's true. And how do you balance that creative time, like, you know, making videos, painting with like family life and, and like Sandra's obsession, keeping the house clean? Yeah. (laughs) I try to keep it within certain hours of the day. Like while my husband's at work, that's whenever I try to do all my art related stuff. So when he's home, I'm off work too. Yeah. And then I do, I leave Monday open so I can do like housework and stuff while he's at work. You know, I'm not the the week though, is it? No, but sometimes I'm not ready to focus on painting and stuff I'm, I'm not a clean freak whatsoever but I feel like if I can have my house a little bit recovered from the weekend then I can focus on other things <laughs> I always find that if I don't ha- if I don't have all that kind of stuff done before I start painting then I always feel like I should be yeah cleaning <laughs> I feel like that too and I, I don't really do any housework on the weekends some people do everything on the weekends whenever the, they work 40 hours a yeah. week but I try not to do that because I want to hang out with my husband and do other stuff. 
Oh, well, my, my son is my last child to fly the nest, and he flew the nest about uh, three weeks ago. So oh. my cleaning time's halved. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's really nice. It is. <laughs> there is an upside. Yeah, definitely. So do you have any particular artists that inspire you? Yes. And of course, I have different artists that inspire me in the surrealist type side and then like the sketch journaling. So my favorite surrealist is Mab Graves and also um, Mark Ryden and his wife, Marion Peck. Tell us about their stuff. What's their stuff like? They're just weird. (laughs) Just weird. (laughs) I don't know. Mark Ryden, he... I'm not sure you're selling them. (laughs) I know. It's just... I don't, I'm not creative with words as much as I <laughs> on paper, but whenever I see their stuff, I'm just like, where did you get that? I, I'm sure some of you have seen the dress that Lady Gaga wore once. It's like a meat dress. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that totally came from one of his paintings. <laughs> oh. It's so, so weird, so fun. Just dreamy. Oh, well, we'll, we'll have to put um, a link to them on our show notes, but you'll have yeah. to send us the link. Okay. <laughs> so what about um, the other side? Have you got people that inspire you, say, on the journaling type side? Yeah, definitely. And I realized as I prepared for this that most of them are names that I don't know how to say because <laughs> they're from other countries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one that is American is James Gurney. I love him so much. He does a lot of gouache paintings in a sketchbook, like in real life. <gasps> so Tara, it is gouache. I, see, I don't know it's which gouache. one it is either. <laughs> <laughs> we have this nearly every week. I say gouache. gouache. Tara says gouache. Yeah. I've heard Sorry. both. I've heard both. <laughs> Sorry, we interrupted you. Oh, no, that's your gouache. <laughs> gouache. Um, let's see if I can pronounce these right. There's Alicia... Aradilla? Uh, and then there's um, Yuki. I don't know. I'll have to send some links to these because <laughs> I don't know. They're like either um, from Spain or Russia. and I, I don't know how to say that. But there's so many on Instagram that I follow. It's just so inspiring. Have you ever taken any online courses? Um, I have taken a few on Skillshare when I did my... I, I went, had one year that I did sign up for it, and that was really fun. I just did some watercolors and I did some Spanish, which is not related. But <laughs> you should be able to read that name out then. Yeah, I know it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's the only, this is the only courses I've really taken. Oh, and I've done um, what is that called? The Sketchbook Revival oh, yeah. by Sketchbook. I love that. I mean, it's free, but it's a new yeah. artist. Was there, is there one or two videos every day released? I, I, I just know, love a different it. artist every day, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah, because we, we interviewed, it's Karen Abend, isn't it? Who yeah. Did, yeah. That's right. Have you, yeah, we've interviewed oh, her and she was lovely. Yeah, I, I listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever had a creative block or times when you don't want to create? I think you said you did, but um, yeah, how do you it, get over it? You know, I... I think that the best way to get over that is just to give yourself some time. I mean, of course, if it's way too long, like months, you, that's, that's not good. And you got to figure out how to get past that. But like over Christmas, I did about nothing. I did do the digital art December challenge as much as I could. 
but <laughs> I did no sketching and I just took, took a break. I think that everybody needs to take breaks and, you know, refill. Yeah, I've been the same and I still haven't sort of got going again yet. Yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? I think you can get to a point where you, like you say, if it's a long time, it's almost harder the longer you leave it to get back into it, isn't it? It really so is. It's trying to dip in as much as you can. But Christmas, I think, is a particularly hard time, I think. Yeah. Because you're just trying to spread yourself so thin, aren't you? Yeah. And oh. you're drunk all the time. It's a good way of loosening up your drawings, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so for someone who wants to start or um just improve the painting they're already doing or drawing you know what tips would you give them like a beginner perhaps um i think you need to give yourself grace a lot of people get discouraged right away because they look at what they've created and they're like this is horrible you know (laughs) and you just can't you can't think that way not everything you do it's going to be a masterpiece and that's goes to everyone, not just beginners. So you got to give yourself grace, give yourself room to make mistakes um, and just play with the, the art, try different things and just don't be afraid. No one else has to see it. And I feel like the fear of failure is a, you know, a thing that a lot of people deal with. And yet that is what makes you improve, isn't it? Yeah. You can't improve if you don't fail exactly. because you don't learn anything. Exactly. So. exactly. Something else is, you know, like your the podcast of yours that I just listened to, um, the consistency is so important just to keep pushing on and practice, practice, practice. I think it is a case of quantity rather than quality when it comes to sketching. It's just keeping yourself doing it, even though... I mean, I'm doing the Kick 365 Challenge this year. And, uh, you know, there was one day, only one day. I mean, I know we're only on day 15, but there was one day where I was so busy. I just did not know where I was, where to turn. I was thinking, how am I going to fit this drawing in? But I did. And it was only little and it took about five minutes, but I did my drawing. But it's, it's just... I think the second you... It's like if you're on a diet, isn't it? And then suddenly you eat a big chocolate bar and you think, oh, well, I've done it now. I've (laughs) I've broken the rule. I might as well give up. It's like that, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. you just got to keep going. keep going. Keep trying, even if you feel like you suck. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, well, we all suck sometimes. Sometimes, don't we? You know, it's just just part of it. So when you were sort of learning and trying to get better were you doing challenges at first or were you just wasn't no challenges about when you were just doing your own thing I suppose I was just doing my own thing it it was only the last few years that I got into doing challenges whenever I decided I really wanted to practice daily if possible so you know that's a good kick to get you to do that um but before it was just just the desire to and have a have this book that I could open and just look at all these different things inside and just feel this sense of accomplishment I guess yeah I must admit I wish I'd done more of mine in sketchbooks because I've got a lot of floaty bits of paper around <laughs> it's like yes you couldn't not only do you not know what to do with them mm-hmm. they're not you can't flip back the same can you like you can with a sketchbook yeah can't you just put them in like a scrapbook? I could do. 
Or stick them in a sketchbook. Because I've done that before where I've put um, sketches that I've done loose that I like. I'll actually... Oh, yeah, just stick, stick them in. Them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd stick them in, Some yeah. are boards, so they'd be rather... Oh. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Good yeah, idea. that's not so... <laughs> so what are your hopes and plans for the future? Well, that... Wow. <laughs> More question. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, I... I just want to keep on doing what I do and to feel feel like I can help people become more creative, to help others uh, explore art and just, I, I also, this sounds, sounds kind of weird, but I have this goal this year that I would like to make some new friends because, <laughs> you know, I, we've been living in this area for two years and as someone who works at home, I don't get out that much I go to the gym and I do stuff with my husband but so that was one of my goals to get out and do more art with other people you know like those groups and make some friends you know the best way to make friends how star podcast (laughs) (laughs) seriously (laughs) no that would be you never know life takes you a lot of (laughs) you wouldn't expect she said that to me once, and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where can our listeners find out more about you? I would recommend uh, Instagram, I guess, because that's, that's my favorite platform. It's uh, Marsha underscore Furman. And then I also have my YouTube channel that is Marsha Furman Art. And, yeah, I, I'm active on Facebook, too. I don't exactly have a website, but not yet. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you. It's an it's honor. It's been really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been great fun to speak to you. And no doubt we will um, catch up with you again sometime yeah. maybe next year. Sounds great. Thank Bye. you. Take care then. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes.